Welcome back, folks, to the Mailwright Show. This is episode 176. We've got a returning guest. We thought he did a fantastic job last time. We thought we're just going to have him back. And I'm going to destroy his name, but he's going to, but I'm going to have a go. That's Gulav Gambia. How, yeah. how bad did I do or how good? Uh, a little bit bad. I think Robert does it much better. All oh, right. So, <laughs> would, you, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. My, my name is Gaurav Gambhir. Right. We'll get that one then, Gaurav. Right. Yeah. And uh, could you tell them where you're based? And um, So uh, I'm, I'm based in Philadelphia. Uh, I, I have a team called the Condo Shop, uh, Black Label, uh, and uh, I have Rent Philly, so we focus on rentals, luxury condominiums. We are part of Keller Williams, uh, and I have a management company and a construction company and an investment company. So we try to capture a lot more on every aspect of real estate. And then we just bought a market center, which is the franchise in Philadelphia, KW Philadelphia. We have a team of about 400 people, and uh, that brought us a title company with it. So, in other words, you're just a busy guy in general, right? Uh, um, Robert, would you like to introduce yourself to the new listeners of yours? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so, first of all, I want to give a shout out to my co-host, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna steal the spotlight for a second because I want to give a shout out to uh, my co-host Jonathan, who actually runs the Mailwright Show. He told me that uh, we've had our largest uh, audience in November of 2018. So, thank you for all those that tune in and listen. Thank you. John, because he definitely runs every single thing related to the show. All I do is show up. So uh, I'm, I just wanted to say on air, thank you very much. Oh, if for you. some reason you're fascinated by this guy with the two little things in his beard, you can go to inboundrem.com. I'm a real estate marketing guy and an SEO guy, and I try to give out a lot of my wisdom for free. If you can even call it wisdom, it might just be bad advice. Uh, over to you, uh, John. Oh, no, I wouldn't. No, Robert does his research. He truly does. Right. <laughs> so, Gova, um, we're going to discuss in this first half, Zillow. Um, basically, can you give us what your basic views of Zillow, what they are, have you used it, and what do you think some of its strengths and some of its weaknesses are? Sure. Uh, I, I think Zillow is a fantastic company. They came, uh, with their, they came with the logic of everybody else was building websites for agents, uh, for themselves, for teams. And Zillow came about and said, instead of agents holding on to information that they felt was proprietary to them or was their value proposition, we're going to open up and allow many people to go online, create a great SEO program, and have one portal for everybody to come in. Great concept, perfect scenario. They're doing fantastic on that level. I think what happens afterwards, uh, Zillow started getting into growing more, further and further, and they started invading into the real estate agent's domain. And I think that's where the conflict started. So I think that's a conversation that we had today of uh, how such a great company, great concept, uh, and then where we are today and where do we see Zillow and why is everybody talking so much about Zillow how big they have gotten, and the real estate industry is looking at them as uh, one of the biggest threats to the real estate industry. Yeah, I think that's a good, a very good synopsis. What do you think, Robert? I love the fact that we're having the conversation. 
Um, I have a lot of clients that on, on both sides of what I call the Zillow equation. On the one side, I have clients that invest a ton of time. There's this huge community of realtors that are sit on something, some kind of board that Zillow has. Like it's a, it's a community of realtors that kind of give them their industry feedback. And I have a couple of clients that sit on that board. And I know what they were thinking when they went and did this most recent switch where they were doing hot transfers from, from people. And I thought it was a major mistake. I thought it was a horrible, horrible mistake before they even did it. And, um, and then I have the other side. Can you, um, can you give a little bit of background about these hot switches, as you call it? Sure. Well, here's what, here's what as I understand it, here's what happened. Uh, Zillow was looking at the data. And the data said that these realtors that were paying for their advertising, that 50% of the leads that were generated through the Zillow platform were not contacted. Okay, they were never called. And I'm not sure if they were tracking emails or calls, but their data, however they generated the data set, was suggesting that 50% of the leads that they were getting were not contacted. So they got this brilliant idea that said, hey, what if we, as, as, the, as the market is heated up, as their people are spending the same amount of money and getting less and less of a return, as Zillow is trying to make more and more of a profit, they said, hey, why don't we try to dip into this pool of what they perceived was an untouched 50% of their lead base? And what happened was it was a disaster. So they, they, they would look at your account and say, hey, you normally get 12 leads. So what we're going to do is we're going to contact these 12 leads we're going to qualify them for you and we're going to throw over the leads that we think are qualified. So number one, they weren't able to ramp up uh, a call center that did a very good job of nationwide qualifying Zillow leads. And, and being a call center guy, guy that literally came from that industry, I looked at that contract and said, there's nobody in the world that is big enough or qualified enough to handle a, you know, a team of a thousand people get them all trained to do hot transfers the right way for Zillow. That was number one. And then number two, and much more importantly, in my opinion, was the fact that there's no way that all these realtors, because I, I deal with a lot of realtors who spend 600 or $1,000 or $1,500 a month, and it's a lot of money for these guys. It doesn't matter who they are. It's a lot of money for them. I have a few brokers that spend 10, 20, 30, 40 grand, and they don't look at their advertising as close as the little guys do because they've got nine or 10 advertising buckets and they're not, and, and, and Gorev can probably like speak to that much better than I can. Okay. But these little guys pay a lot of attention to their budget and there's no way in this universe that they weren't paying attention to 50% of their lead stream. There's nobody in the world that can convince me that they were simply ignoring half of their generated leads. I think that what was happening is they were looking at them and, and were able somehow to pre-qualify for whatever reason. They could look at the email address. They could, maybe there was a sentence that came in with the lead. Maybe there was something that said, this is not qualified. And so they're not going to get my attention in, in terms of who I'm going to contact the fastest or who I'm going to spend the most effort on or whatever that statistic was. So that's my opinion on this recent hot transfer. Gorv, um, I'm curious to know, can you add I something? I'm taking my notes because I have so many topics to talk about. <laughs> I'm on the other side of the spectrum, Robert. I'm on the, I, so I consider myself, uh, uh, you know, from the business perspective, let's think what, if I was Zillow and considering if I was a smart businessman, how would I think? So there's a whole pool of 
I'm getting into industry and I tell the world, I am a lead generation company. I'm going to go online and I'm going to generate people coming in. I have millions and millions of people coming in on my website. I'm generating and giving them value of seeing the data. And then I say, well, the way I'm going to make money is having those people, uh, uh, the contact information, and I'm going to give to the agents. So you start selling the leads to agents in certain zip codes and you start charging them 20 bucks a lead. Then there's a huge demand. I think, oh, this is great. At 20 bucks, I can buy a, a lead. Why would I spend so much money in, in marketing and creating the value? It's easy to buy the leads. Then they raise the supply and demand went up, went to 40 bucks, then 60 bucks, then 100 bucks. Then they change the model of, you know, we are, you're not exclusive anymore. You're going to be the top three. And they have different algorithms that convinces you you have a certain market share. And that market share is like number of shares you can sell and we're going, to, we're going to dilute your shares as we get more people and investors into the company. So you continue diluting my shares again and again. And every single time I turned around, I had less number of shares available. I had less space available because there was more demand. It got to the point we were paying almost about $175 a lead. And that leads uh, are not really all balanced leads where I can make money from. So now I have to, I have to go to them and try to... Con- I have to catch to those clients, get in touch with them, um, uh, make sure that I can make some money off those clients. So now the problem here that happens is, now Zillow looks at it and says, well, I have all these millions of people coming in. They go through my portal. I give the lease to people. I know, I know my conversion rate is going to be 3 to 5%. They understand that already. However, I have no idea who these 3 to 5% people are. So now the agents get the lead. They go them through dot loop. They have the transaction. And they know, then they're, then they're the repeat clients. I want to get sphere of influence. I'm going to do client appreciation parties. I have all those things. And Zillow said, and Zillow now going back, wearing my Zillow hat and saying, how do I get them? I've already spent all this money getting them on my website and I sold them once. It's best if I sell them the second time, but I don't know what they bought. So I go to the realtors and say, you have to come back to Zillow and feed me the information of which transaction have you completed. Agents are busy. They have no, no loyalty of going back and spending time. They, they hate paperwork. So now Zillow says, I'm giving it to you. I know you're selling them. I know you're making money from them, but I have no idea who they are. So guess what I'm going to tell you? If I tell you I'm going to force you to use me, you're going to say no. So what I'm going to tell you is that to help you go through the list of people, I'm going to create a program called ISA. Well, ISA is not really built in my mind from Zillow to help the agents. It's to capture the information. Now I know that you, which phone number, the, uh, the client, what are they looking to buy, how long, and guess what? I'm going to actually pre-approve you. So I bought a mortgage company. So I can make money from a mortgage company. So now I'm going to tell you a pre-approved client from my side who is now, information is on my system. And because you don't want to use my transaction, guess what? I'm going to go buy dot loop because that's what all of you guys use transaction anyways. So to me, for me, transactional data is the most valuable information for me to sustain in this business, which I didn't have before. So now what happens is the ISA comes in between the, the whole value that is sold to people before or my agents. And you know, Robert and, and Jonathan, my value as an agent comes in from me, not through a robot or a person who has no experience. So what you're basically telling me is, I'm not as good of selling myself, so we're going to sell it on your behalf. My first contact is the most important one. If you call Comcast and you have a problem, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna give your heart out of every problem you have. And if they say, hey, by the way, I'm going to transfer you, you're going to shorten your story. Then I'm going to transfer you to somebody else, you're going to shorten your story again. If you transfer me to the fourth person, I don't want to talk to you anymore. 
So what happens now, you have an ISA who, and, and you know, actually here's an interesting concept. Less than 1% of people in Zillow who use Zillow actually register on Zillow. They have no idea who these people are. It's like going to a market, a, sh- a shopping, shopping uh, uh, market. Who's coming in Whole Foods? You have no idea. But if I knew who you were when you enter and you're leaving, I can know your pattern. I can sell you. I can sell you what might be a, 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 a something which might be beneficial to you. So since Zillow didn't have that, it's important for them to create this ISA program. Now here's going to say the second concept, then we're going to talk more about this as well. If I knew everything, if I'm Zillow, and my major money comes in, I spend a ridiculous amount of money in SEO to get people. I make no money. I'm spending money on the ISA. $170 a lead is non-sustainable. Who is making the maximum number amount of money in this whole transaction? 6%, which is the agent. Well, how do I put my hand into that? Because I need to control it. So what's going to happen is, now not thinking from Zillow again. I'm Zillow. I generate the lead. I help you pre-screen the lead. I pre-approve the lead from mortgage perspective. I know what they like, what they don't like. I know when the last time they bought the property because I have a dot loop transactional data. Why do I need you, Mr. Agent, to pay 6%? Would you like to work at $250 for an hour? Or would you like to work at $1,000 a transaction? Why would I not do that? So what happens is Zillow just released the news that they were negative. When investors spend so much money into a corporation and they have to get the returns and the company is showing negative, the board of directors go back and tell their board members saying, I don't care what you do, you need to make money. And how do you make money? You look at the pool of money and see what is the biggest part and the easiest part I can tap into. So I feel they're dot loop buying uh, for transactional data, which they never had because they're not brokers. The, uh, the iBuyer program, testing the market, buying a mortgage company, getting agents and understanding with them how the transaction is done. So I believe all this iBuyer program, program and using third-party brokers is a demo and a timeline for them to learn and understand what is the real value of the agent in this transaction. Once I understand what your real value in the transaction is, I'm going to take some value away and reduce the cost for myself. I think that's where Zillow is going at this point. So, that's, so I'm on the other side of the spectrum, and this is my theory. And every step of the way, if you're just a lead generation company, why are you buying a mortgage company? Why are you buying homes? Why are you starting to buy dot loop? Why do you need all those things if you're just a lead generation company? No, this means that they're planning to be a massive brokerage, and they're trying to, that's what happened to the owner of the company who went into the, into the Netflix program, and who, you know, he, he understands, bless you, he understands how the idea is, you know, in this industry, there, there's two scenarios, right? I think we discussed this last time. There's, there's one realtor program. One, there, one, one industry is the physical real estate industry where we are the agents on a physical level. And there's an online industry. So the physical industry is saying, how can I use technology online and use that to my benefit? The online industry is thinking, how do I kick you behind as fast as I can before you get out of the industry so I can capture some of your market share? So there's a constant battle. So we want to be in the online space. Online space want to be in the retail space. Amazon buys Whole Foods. We go online. Zillow's next step after capturing the online space is get in the physical space. It's just logical sense. That's how okay. I feel. All right. I, I love that. Go ahead, John. You, you seem like... No, I'm interested in your response. I think you, you put it very you know, in a great way, a very clear way. What do you reckon, Robert? Um, well, one... I really appreciate um, Gorev's like total outline of 
of the way that he perceives Zillow because he has a deeper understanding of the real estate transaction process than I do by about a million miles. <laughs> so I really appreciate that part. The, the part of the the part of the vision that I have that probably I have a million miles more, and I don't I don't mean this rudely, but the the SEO part, the part where where Zillow has built one of the the greatest websites the real estate industry has ever seen because they basically are optimized for almost every major and minor market for for keywords that there is. And so I guess my only comment is I one, I do agree with what you with what you're you're saying. I do think that 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 Zillow also realizes that right now they have a morale problem because they cannot lose their advertising but bucket right now in terms of how they're growing their business. They couldn't afford to lose all of the people that are using them as, as an advertising platform. So, so the hemorrhaging that they've been doing, because they have been hemorrhaging clients. I've been busier than I've ever been. I had to close down my sales department. Um, and I'm just a real estate SEO guy. So the, the, the reason, a lot of the reason is I'm having small, medium-sized brokers, people that normally don't call me, they're calling me because they're, they're, they're done or they're trying to figure out how to redo their budget. And everybody's starting to realize inside the real estate space, like that is a realtor or a broker, much smaller vision than what Gore have just said, is that they're starting to realize, oh shit, I have to become a hyper-local expert because I agree with you. I think everybody instinctively realizes that these guys are going to go and take a big piece of the marketplace and they're they're positioned much better than all the startups that are out there because they already have the exposure. They already have a million, two million, ten million, whatever the number is, people coming into the website each and every single month. That they're they've they've got what they need. All they need to do now is just figure out what part of their portal they want to transfer and use for this new model. So I agree with them. I'm going to say I'm going to say what the solution is because I'm going to take this a step further. I think we need to go for a break first, and then Robert's going to tell us the solution when we come back. So get ready, folks. We're going for a break. Marketing solution. (laughs) Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRight. It is a powerful but easy to use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no question asked 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. We're coming back. I think we've had some great insight about Zillow. I think what Robert and Gavav have said um, has been spot on. Um, actually, I'm a bit surprised why people are surprised. Oh, um, what's the solution? What's the marketing solution, Robert? Well, uh, here's here's what I've said for a long time, and here's what I'm going to continue to say. You can't trust a corporation that's run by a board of directors not to focus on what their best interest is. Their best interest is never actually going to be in the best interest of the of the agent or the broker, no matter what they say. No matter what, what, what you personally believe, that's simply not true. So what's the solution? Take your marketing destiny into your own hands. Become a local expert. So Gore, Gorev and his team are condo specialists. I, if I was on his team, and let's say I'm just starting and I'm at the very bottom of the stack, he's got 400 people and his hands are in all of these different real estate pies. I'd pick 10 buildings in my local market 
and I would become an expert. I mean, I would go to the homeowners association meetings. I would go, I, I would talk to residents of these buildings. I would sound out what their concerns were with the building, with the, with the local environment of that building. I would become an expert. I mean, I would know every single thing that was happening in this building and around that area. And then I would go online and I would start to do little videos on Instagram or little videos on YouTube. And I would put myself out there as these 10 buildings. I am an expert in these 10 buildings because nobody, nobody can take away your expertise. And that's the one thing that Zillow is missing and will always be missing is that they don't have the boots on the ground in order to, to own that market share. And more and more and more, if you want to be um, <laughs> relevant in, in terms of being a real estate agent, you have to be a, a personal expertise center. You actually have to deliver a lot more value than just simply doing a transaction well. It used to be, I mean, and it's sad that that's the bar that real estate has been at for a long time. Be honest, do the transaction well. And voila, you know, have a nice smile on your face and a, a plate full of baked cookies when you come through the door. That's been enough for many real estate agents in many markets for the entirety of their career. I think we need to take it a step further. I think now there has to be expertise, either in a property type or uh, the financial mechanisms of the transaction or all of the above. And what's more, you have to figure out the new technology in order to advertise your expertise. It's not enough to say that I'm an e-pro. What does that even mean? Because your buyers don't know. Your buyers don't know what that certificate means. So now you have to say, this is, these are the things I'm good at and put it out there. That's, that's my opinion. What do you, what do you think? Or I, I, I would kiss you and hug you if I could, because you are dead on to the point. I appreciate every single thing you said, because that's the only way in 2019 and in the future, an agent will survive. I, I, I talk about this in my market center, into my team as well. The value proposition of an agent needs to go up. Many people thought getting in this business is so easy. We'll be order takers. What they don't realize also in the last seven to eight years, the market has been doing fantastic as well. When the shift happens, there'll be a huge change. You can't spend $200 a lead. You can't have somebody else, just like you said, a corporation, who's going to say whatever they need to say to get past it. But they, at the end of the day, it's about all about profitability. They have to make money and they don't care about the individual. So what, ha what you have to do as an agent is increase, increase your value proposition. I love your idea about buildings. And that's why there's so many other companies that are coming up. Uh, Smart Zip, there's a great company that came up and we're looking into them. Realtor.com have increased their value proposition on what they can offer. So other companies are now looking at Zillow and saying, you are so expensive. It makes no sense for us to spend $200 a lead. I can take everybody for a steak dinner and they'll probably be my best friend for life. And that is much more on a repeat client as compared to paying for $100 for a lead that I don't even know. So we had our top 20% uh, office meeting today. Within the meeting, we had almost about $600 million worth of business in teams that happened in a room. And out of the room, what I realized was, more than quarter million dollars worth of Zillow ad will be, will be taken off in 2019. Zillow is going to say, see a huge, huge drop because every, they got to a point where it makes, doesn't make sense anymore. So people are saying, where else can I spend the money? And I can spend that much. And somebody made a point uh, in about a few months ago, if you spend $50,000, 
with a full-time person in your office, in your team with social media, SEO, going and generating your leads, client appreciation, 33 touches, follow-up, newsletters, that value is way better than paying $150 a lead on Zillow. So people are realizing, and thanks to Zillow as well, that they raise it so much, it is a self-realization. They kick themselves, they're kicking themselves out of the market for such high value, how high value they're charging, it doesn't make sense anymore. So I want to add one more point to you, Robert. There's, you know, when I'm when I'll talk about two different worlds, that is retail and is online, there's also two different concepts of a realtor. So we were the realtors in the past where it was only about a realtor without using technology. Then the technology came in. Now we're both competing for the space. So there's terminology that Gary Keller uses a lot. There is an agent-enabled tech. So technology like Zillow, but uh, who wants to become an agent-centric as well, but their companies uh, like Redfin, there's a local company called Hauser. So they say we can use technology so much that we can discount our brokerage fees because the agent is not doing as much value. That's what Zillow is going to do. We're going to do so much online that we need a person in a, in a broker level or an agent level that is going to only do certain portion of the job so you don't have to pay the realtor anymore. They don't want to take the realtors away. They only want to take two-thirds of the income away from the realtor because the value in their minds is, to, is left at one-third. So that's what Zillow is trying to do. But from the agent's perspective, we are tech-enabled agent. So what, uh, you know, we are using technology enabling us to be better agent. What has happened in the past, all agents were going and using separate clients or separate vendors, help me with SEO, help me with my website, help me with my transaction management. So a company, and, I, and I'm not going to spend too much time with, uh, you know, with Keller Williams, I'm part of Keller Williams, but K- KW and others, but KW, I can speak on their behalf, is one of the companies that looked at all those things and said, we are so distracted and diversified amongst the company itself. The company, because it's privately held, Gary Keller spent close to about $100 million and built one centric website and a system and processes for every agent in the company to use. That creates uniformity. That creates one centralized space that can compete with a company like Zillow. When, when Keller Williams announced their, their Kelly app, Zillow stock went down 6%. That's how impactful companies from the brokerage side are going to make a difference. Investors thought nobody is investing in technology. That's great. We can take the market away. Then the brokerage company is waking up. They're finding all these avenues. We're having this conversation. We wouldn't have this conversation three years ago. We would have probably said, how much money are you going to spend in Zillow? But now they were all looking back and saying, how, what do we do because this is a threat to the industry? So that is changing. The value proposition has to change. That's why I was so, so happy to hear what you were saying, Robert. You are dead on to the point. If people don't realize this, what you're saying, in 2019, all those order takers for the business will be gone. The yeah. shift is coming and the, people need to realize they need to increase their value. Otherwise, they won't be in this business anymore. I just wonder before we um, end the podcast part of the show, it's gone amazingly quickly. Um, when we go on to the bonus, is it's a bit about open door and I'm, I buyer. And, you know, how they're sold, you know, in a highly inflate, I just want to see if you agree with this, in a highly inflated market, you know, having somebody just buy your house in two days and then basically they're kind of flipper, you know, they they do some basic tidying up, some painting, and then they put the house on the market. But 
what they don't say is they're wholesalers. So you're looking at 25, 30, 35% reduction in what you, you're going to get. Surely any seller, that's totally intuitive. They want to get the maximum price for their biggest, probably their biggest ex, ex, asset they will ever own. I'd, you know, in a way, it's rather deceitful in a way. What, what do you think? Robert, you want to go first? Yeah. Robert, do you want to go first? Or no, no, I want you to do. No. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you from what I perceive them as well. I think the whole idea, the maximum number of money, maximum amount of money you can make in a transaction is in the, in the, in the uh, appreciation or in the real estate asset and the, and, the, and the transactional, which is 6%. There's money to be made on the mortgage side as well, and there's title. That's why they call the ancillary services of a business. That's the four main pieces. So if a company is now getting in like open door or even iBuyer program, what they are doing now is they're trying to test. If I have the technology and I have the agent, I don't know as a consumer, I'm not the seller, I'm not the buyer. So the iBuyer program is how do I understand how does a seller think in a transaction when they're dealing with Zillow and they're dealing with the agent and how do I interact and I experience as a buyer? So there's a whole understanding of the psychology of a seller and the buyer side. They have enough investment to invest in product like real estate in a brick and mortar to understand the concept as well. What they're also doing at this point from the real estate buying perspective of, of, of the properties is if, they are, if they're controlling the market and they understand from the, from the asset perspective how much market share they can get, it will make a difference from their perspective how they can control the market going out as well. So uh, I don't know if I, Jonathan, if I answer the question in a way that... No, you, you pointed that you have very succinctly what you're saying is they're going to cut the amount, the agent at 6% down to a much lower figure. They, they have the loan company, so they get the chunk of that. They get an, another part of the puzzle, so they get a profit element from that. So they, but so what you're saying is they also want to get the information. So a normal wholesaler, you know, would want a fair. It's not a great deal unless you're a distressed buyer. That is correct. You, 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 but, you, but they're going to do it in a way so that the because they are hitting other centers of profitability. They they don't really require such a large amount of equity that a normal wholesaler would require. I think that's what you're saying. And, and also, if there's anything that, uh, that anybody can do remotely, why would you not try to save it? The whole Y2K time when everything was being outsourced, the outsource industry that came by, the VA industry that is very active now. I'll give another example. How many times did we go to Circuit City in the past, look at a TV, have a salesperson explain every single thing about our technology because that was a valid proposition. Nobody would answer my questions and then go on Amazon and buy it. That's what was happening with Circuit City all throughout the country. People were going, taking the value out, and I'm, I'm going to go online and buy it. What happened to Circuit City? They went out of business. So that, that's what's going to happen. That's what's being tried is saying, well, if the agent can help me answer all the questions, but I can go online and put an offer and have them do a transaction online then why do we need the agent? Unless the value problem goes higher. Oh my God. Listen, I don't want to weigh in on this topic very much. I just want to say I couldn't agree with what you just said, Gorev, uh, 
more robustly and more passionately. Like, I don't want to really weigh in on this particular topic, but I do want to say I couldn't agree with you more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people have to have to be aware of with the online thing. And that, that my only response is to go back to what I previously said. How do you combat that? What's the solution? The solution is to make sure that you are the center of expertise and people people come out of the Zillow search stream. In other words, they, they do their home search and, and they're on the platform. But you know what? They also do neighborhood searches. That's your chance as a realtor, to, uh, to as you said, a uh, technology-enabled realtor, is to get them in front of your, your video or something else and get them to reach out to you as an expert in whatever you're selling and then take the transaction away from Zillow. Uh, as opposed to them taking it away from you. Because if you become an order taker and you just answer a whole bunch of questions from somebody that contacted you some other, some other way, some other way that doesn't have to do with your expertise, then you're going to, I couldn't agree with you more. So Robert, so now if you were a seller and I came to you as an agent, I said, I think you should make some changes. You should have a painter paint few walls, fix with a handyman few things, declutter the house, which is called home staging. I'll have professional photographs taken and I'll be here for every showing. I can call the handyman right now because I have a relationship in the local neighborhood. He will give you the best price. I'm going to call my staging company. I'm going to call my in-house designer who's going to help us declutter your house. I'll have my in-house person to help you with the designing. That is a great value proposition add as compared to what I have ever done in the past. And also, I know a local guy who's going to come and help you who's the best of the best to help you move when you're moving. All those value propositions of being a local neighborhood agent is what we forgot. We have to go down to the basics. The agent's job is to make your life and the transaction so seamless and happy that you should be considering that person as part of your family for future transactions. That whole personal, personal concept got taken away. I think we need to go back down to those basics of what does a realtor really do for you? And it is not just about selling the property. It's about an experience. It's all about a customer experience. I think you're so right. Thank you for coming on the show again, Gurov. Um, how can people find out more about you and your wisdom, basically? Well, my, uh, my email is best. Uh, it's Gaurav, G-A-U-R-A-V, at kwphiladelphia.com uh, or my website, thecondoshops.com slash Gaurav. That's great. And Robert, how can people find out more about what you're up to in your insights your passionate insights robert uh well hey this is the last one for the year and i don't usually plug but i'm going to plug hard this time john i'm going to shock you so um so for the people that follow me um while you can find me at my website inboundrem.com i do want to keep everybody posted i'm going to do one of my very first um uh they're called digital like a digital tutorial I'm going to offer it as a separate product from all the things that I normally do. It's going to actually touch on a lot of things that we've, that we've talked about on this show. It's not going to be ready for another 60 to 90 days, but for the people here that listen to the podcast, this is my first public announcement that I intend to create this kind of product. And um, so uh, you should all keep me honest and keep uh, find my website and then put in a the little something in the contact form and said, hey, where's that, where's that course that you talked about so that I keep making the time to create it. I need to reach out to you as well. (laughs) Excellent. I'd love that. Well, thank you listeners and viewers for um, coming on the journey in 2018. Robert came on board. He's been a great find. Um, We agree with most things, but I think sometimes we have different views. I think we have quite good chemistry. We've had some great guests as well. And I think we've produced some really useful content and insights for our listeners and viewers. Don't you think so, Robert? That's why I keep getting up at 8 o'clock in the morning. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> this is going to be our last show in 2018, and we like to wish you, your family, a great Christmas, a great New Wait. Year, and hopefully you're going to be fired up for 2019 to get those results for yourself and for your family. We'll see you in the new whoa, year. Whoa, whoa, whoa. One thing, one thing, though. There's some bonus content. Oh, yes, we're going to be doing our bonus content as well, um, which you'll be able to see on the MailRite website and the MailRite YouTube channel. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. (laughs) 